Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. Yes to Breakthrough. We're talking about the Yes series. The Yes series is based on an attitude. The attitude of yes is simply a faith position where you live life with an attitude that says, yes, God can. Yes, God will. Yes to the will of God. Yes to the power of God. Yes to the passion of God. You're a person that's leaning toward a yes life. A yes life is a good positive attitude. In the Bible, it's a good faith attitude. A yes to breakthrough is what we're covering right now. Yes to removing any and all longstanding obstacles so I can advance to a new level in God. So this is what we're speaking about right now in this service, that you might advance to a new level in God, into life and into new opportunities. Today, I choose to advance beyond previous limitations. I choose to advance beyond previous limitations. Breakthrough is taking the lid off, breaking through a wall, breaking through a barrier, removing something that has kept you in a rut, a rut that can be defined many different ways, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, financially, relationally. Uh, we all get into all kinds of ruts. And there comes a time where we have to kind of break out. And we use that term, I think, in even modern conversation or vernacular. We talk about people breaking out of something or uh, somehow uh, removing the restraints in your life. And we talk about a person who needs to go to another level in that relationship or go to another level in that business because you got to break out. And that's what I'm speaking about in this message. You need to break out, go to another level, first of all, in your personal life. You need to identify what areas that might be, and hopefully you would choose at least one area and speak about that in your prayer life to the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord to help you break something in your own life and break out in your own personal life, also with your own family. Whether you're married or not, if you're children with uh, your parents and parents with children and the other siblings in the house and your family situation to break out, have a, a better relationship, have more obedience, have more respect, something to happen in the home that would help the home and you're a part of the home and you can break through to another level. Could be in your own professional life. Maybe you need to break out. Maybe you need more training. Maybe you need to think more about what you're doing with your career. Maybe you actually need to consider going back to school or some new classes or upgrading your own abilities you have right now. Why stay where you are the rest of your life in your own professional capacity or abilities or opportunities? Prepare yourself. Break out. Do some things that would help yourself to move to another level. So you can do that professionally with your career. You can do that with your business. Think about your prayer life with your business life and how to break out and read more books and talk to more people. And every time as a pastor, my, my career obviously would be pastoring, which takes in our particular arena here, a lot of different areas. But every time I go and seek out other people that are pastoring successful churches and I go and seek out their advice or just spend time with them or just realize that they have broken through into some areas of ministry that we don't have, I have never walked away, never walked away from going to someone else without one new thought or without one new 
conviction in my own heart that I need to change something or something I never considered before. If you need to break out in your business or your professional life and even your personal life or your marriage life or your finance life, you might need to go speak with someone that's doing really well in that area. And you might walk away with just one good thought that will help you move to another level and how you function with that particular area of your life. You need to have a heart that says, yes, I can advance into new opportunities and breakthrough. We're believing for breakthrough in these areas. Serious decision breakthrough. Circumstance breakthrough. New opportunity, financial release, business prospering, and healing and recovering. The Bible covers all of these subjects with the breakthrough words as I broke them down in these categories, although I'm not going into all the categories. The Bible does refer to these in different ways about how to break through in your decision making, how to break through in your circumstances. A lot of different kinds of circumstances we get involved with. Sometimes it's a crisis. Sometimes it's a obscurity, a confusion. Sometimes it's a self-made destructive circumstance that you know you have actually spun the web yourself and it's a problem and you need to do something about that circumstance. The first thing you do is not try to figure out all the angles of every part of a circumstance. That's one of the wrong things that people do in my estimation. You don't have to take every single piece and figure out your total web of events and all the ramifications of every decision to get yourself out of the circumstance. Find the first step and take it. Do one step at a time. And once you make a first step and a first decision, you'll feel better. You'll feel like you're advancing a little bit. You're not stalemate. You're not frustrated. You're not just sitting there panicking and doing nothing. Take the first small step. I I cannot remember ever counseling with a person in a crisis situation that I could not lead them to at least one small first step. There's always a first step to take to start the solution flowing. But people get so overwhelmed with all the details of all the different aspects of the circumstance. They don't know which step to take, so don't take any step. And then they get more frustrated every day. Lay it out and then take your first step. No matter how small it is, once you do that one, take the next obvious next step. And before you know it, you're walking yourself out of the circumstance with the wisdom of God. Financial release, breakthrough, business, and then healing recovery. Healing recovery would deal with spirit, soul, and body. Deal with emotions, deal with mind. Uh, Same thing goes with a personal's wholeness, your own personal wholeness. It starts with little decision. doesn't start with you changing the entire uh, realm of your life, every aspect of your emotions and your minds and your thoughts and your habits. And you have to start with a decision, a first step. Start recovering in one area. Start disciplining in one area. Start breaking one habit, not five at a time. Start with one and then walk through the one, go to the second one. And before you know it, Six months from now, you have four habits that are broken off your life. You have two new habits that have come in. You have a new mindset about living. You feel positive about what's going on. And before you know it, faith starts getting into your spirit and you start moving forward. We call that steps to breakthrough. How to move your life to position yourself for a personal breakthrough. All right, Christ is the breaker anointing. If you have your Bible, I hope you would Turn and mark the scripture that I've been referring to the last couple messages. Micah chapter 2 and verse 13. The one who can break barriers will lead them out. Speaking about Christ the Messiah, one of the titles given to him through his act on the cross on the resurrection, he would break us out of sin and he would go before us on the resurrection and we will 
follow him in that relationship of breaking through. The greatest breakthrough of all is the breakthrough of sin and the breakthrough of death. So the greatest breakthrough is the cross and the resurrection. That's what this scripture primarily starts with. And then it moves to application. If he can break through the sin and death positionally in our life, he can break through the sin and death actually in our life. And so we move into a spirit of breakthrough because of Christ. He is the breakthrough person. He's the breakthrough anointing. They will break out. They is us. Pass through the gate and leave. I believe there are some gates, some doors that you need to pass through. I believe there are some barriers in your lives that the Holy Spirit will anoint you to see that you need to pass through and break out and go through those doors. Those doors could be close to you or a long ways from you, but I believe the breaker anointing will bring you to a place where you will break out and advance following the Lord Jesus. All right, definition of breakthrough. It's a place of new birth, so whenever a breakthrough begins in your life, there's something new that starts. It's a new beginning, it's a new birth, it's a new movement towards something new to break through into that door, that gate, that's something that God wants to do in your life. Newness begins to arise in your spirit. It's a, it's a place of breaking forth with some sudden force. And so the, the breakthrough energy that comes to a pivotal point in time is a breaking point. A breaking point is a prophetic point in your life. A breaking point is a divine moment in your life. A breaking point is a moment when God brings circumstances and purposes together and the energy bursts something through in your life and you end up on the other side. You end up doing something differently than you were doing before because it's a break point in your life. We all have them. Some of us recognize them before we get there. Some of us only recognize them when we are there. Some of us only recognize them after we've gone through it and we look back. I guess it really doesn't matter as long as you have faith to embrace what has happened in your life and you move through it. Because a breakthrough means there is going to be a breaking off of the restraints in your life and a moving into something new. The breaker anointing is upon us. I want you to write the scripture down, Hosea 6, verse 1 and 2, and personalize it. Hosea 6, verse 1 and 2. Come and let us return to the Lord. Hosea 6. Verse 1 and 2, he is torn and he will heal us. He is stricken, he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. I want to take this scripture and just pray it into your spirit very quickly right now in this atmosphere of faith. I want you to understand that sometimes as God moves you to a place of breaking point, there has at times come a breaking in you. And sometimes that breaking brings some tears and some rips and some stretches and some problems. Sometimes a breakthrough isn't all joyful. Sometimes a breakthrough is a cross experience before it's a resurrection experience. It's a, it's a valley before it's a mountain. It's a pressure before it's a blessing. It's, it's, a, it's a dealing of God with you to kind of spread all the pieces out to get down to the roots so he can do something in your life. When's the best time to kill blackberries in Oregon? When's the best time to kill those nasty bushes that can grow in our yards? When's the best time to kill something like that? You don't do it in the summer. 
You don't kill a bush like that in the middle of the blossom or when it has all the green leaves on it and it's growing uh, profusely in your yard. You don't kill it during that time. You don't kill a bush like that until the winter time, until everything dies off. And then when you deal with the bush, you deal only with the roots, not with everything else in that bush. And you will be able to kill that blackberry bush. If not, you trim it, cut it back. You still cannot kill it. And so it is in our life. There are things in us that cannot be killed until we have a wintertime experience in our life. We cannot even see what the Holy Spirit is after until he clears away some of the brush and some of the greenery so we can actually get down to the root cause of what's going on. A breakthrough means God brings you to a point where you can't miss what has to be changed. Sometimes we can miss it because we just don't want to face it. Sometimes we can miss it because we don't want to have the energy to push ourselves through another door. Sometimes we just love to be in a rut more than we do something new because we know something new and the older you get, this is why older people and more mature people don't like making changes because they understand how much time and money and energy and emotion a change takes. And so because they've learned that, they just kind of relax back and say, you know what, I don't think I want another level. I don't think I want to go through a new door. I don't think I want to go through a new gate. But that's not true. Of course you do. You want to change. You want to advance. You want every opportunity God has for your life. You want to fulfill the purposes of the Lord, which means you're going to have to move through some gates and doors that are in front of you right now, which means there's probably some things in you that have to be cut out, some things in you the Holy Spirit has to come and remove, and some things in you that probably can't get to in a summertime or a great springtime, but a wintertime in your life. How many of you would say, I am ready for a breakthrough? Put your hands right on your chest. I'm going to pray for you right now. This is what I'm praying May the acts of God beat on your roots. All right, let's pray. I'm believing for you right now. Father, I pray right now that you will come and heal that which has been torn. Lord, that you would come and do something in us that would allow us to leave the past behind after two days. But on the third day, we believe this can speak of our future And Lord, right now I leave behind some paths. I leave behind some hurts. I've received the healing of God in my mind and my heart and my emotions that I can actually move my life into a forward future anointing and not just living in the past. Lord, right now, heal and revive and anoint for the future. Lord, I reach. Now take your hands and just reach into the future. I reach into the future. My life will not just be the past. My life will not just be the comfort. My life will not just be the predictable. My life will be lived on the edge of the purposes of God. And I reach for a breakthrough in my life, personally, professionally, in my business, in my spirit, in my family, in my relationships. I will not let it rest the way it is, Lord. I will reach into the future. And I will let a breakthrough come into my heart. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen and Amen. All right. The breaker anointing, which is uh, Christ, the name, the Messiah, and the Spirit or the anointing that's on us, kind of becomes one thing. First Samuel 16, 12, and 13, and Psalm 23, and verse 5. 
I'm simply referring to these two scriptures just to highlight one phrase in this scripture, anoint him for this is the one. Everyone say, anoint him for this is the one. Now say out loud, anoint me for I am the one. I believe that you have been called and chosen and selected by God. John 15 and verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. In Ephesians 1 and verse 4, it says that God has chosen us. And there's a very important, small little English word translated from a very, very profound little Greek word where it says God has chosen you before. Everyone shout before. Before Before the foundations of the world. But I want you to think of it this way. Obviously, foundations of the world is mind-boggling. Hardly get your mind around it. But he has chosen you before you did anything. Before you can prove anything. Before you can have the right to claim anything. He chose you when you were yet a sinner. When you yet had your weaknesses. When you yet could not fulfill anything. When you were yet still back there and nobody could see all the potential. God put his hand on you and God anointed you for a breakthrough in your life. Not because of you, but because of Christ in you. God has chosen you. Can I hear an amen? All right. Eight breakthroughs that are coming to your life. Here they are. Number one, eight breakthroughs that I'm going to proclaim very quickly and pray them into your life right now. Eight breakthroughs. Number one, the breaker anointing is upon us to break us into a new season of life. There's coming new seasons. This is biblical and it's right and it's, it's something that you will experience, new seasons in your life. But sometimes we have to be broken into those seasons. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The word there, time, two words used in the Greek, and they're very important words because they help you understand kingdom thought. That he will exalt you in due time. The one word used in the Greek for time is the word chronos, chronologically speaking, chronos. The other word used is kairos, which is opportune, opportunity, season, translated time here, season. Uh, it's translated different ways. But this kairos word is a word that means within a time season in your life, God will work out his purposes and bring in opportunities and bring in some kingdom open doors and do something in your life that is a kairos. It's a moment that God crosses your time. It's a moment where kairos crosses your chronos. And it's kairos that makes chronos have significance. We can live our life, all the minutes and the hours and the weeks and the months and the years and the decades. We can live... All the time chronos, but not have a kairos in the chronos and miss the significance of the season. God doesn't want you just to mark off the days. God doesn't want you just to live the time. And when you get to be 80 or 100 years old, say, I lived my time and now I'm ready to die. God wants you to fulfill his Kairos purposes within your Kronos time so that you would always break through into those seasons that God has for your life. And he would do something in you that is supernatural, an intervention of God that would bring you into that Kairos. Kronos time has to have a kairos impartation. And that's what we're believing for. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. To everything there is a season. 
a kairos. The Hebrew is a different word, but same idea. For every purpose under heaven. Galatians 6 and verse 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due kairos, due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. A divine opportunity, a season, that God chooses to do some very specific things in us. Special, appointed seasons. Now, if I would go around to every single person on every campus and sit down in front of you and have myself a pen and a notepad and say, okay, can you please explain to me the season you're in right now? Are you on the mountain? Are you in the valley? Are you in a very productive time or very trying time? Are you in a time of supreme spiritual fruitfulness or real carnal frustration? What's your season right now? Would you say that you are in a time of fulfilling prophetic dreams and visions and words in your life and you're right on track and you couldn't be more excited or you could not have more cloudiness and obscurity than ever in your life? You cannot say anything. Is this a time where the Lord says and the Lord gives and the Lord takes? Is this a give time or is this a take time? The Bible says the Lord does give and the Lord does take. The Bible says the Lord does test, but the Lord does fulfill those tests with fruit. What season are you in? What opportunity do you have right now? What is God dealing with in your life? How can you pinpoint that Cairo's time in your life right now? Are you making a lot of changes now in the natural and the spiritual? You can go from a high schooler to a college student or to a single young adult, young professional, or you can move into being a young married couple, young married couple with children, and, or you can move into an older married couple with no children at home, an empty nester, all of those natural seasons could also play into the spiritual things that God's trying to do in your life. Maybe you don't have children at home, but the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I want you to be a mother and a father in the church. I want you to take some people into your home. I want you to disciple some young men and some young women. Or I want you to have a small group and I want you to give your life to raising up six young husbands or six young wives. I don't know what the Holy Spirit might be saying, but if you don't even listen to your season. You might not hear any word at all and just go through as if it's just chronos, just marking off the days until full retirement or something else. You have a Cairo season that comes in your life and you need to know what it is. Number two, the breaker anointed is upon us to break off spiritual layers of bondage that limit us. We all have different baggage and different bondages and different things that can come into our lives. Some of these things we would know right off. Someone sat down right now and said, what bondage might you have that would limit you from doing the will of God? You might know immediately. If someone would come to you and say, do you have a habit that is unrighteous? You might immediately say, yes, I do. Do you have an activity in your life that you hide, but you know it would bring reproach on you, your name, your family, and possibly the name of Christ? Well, maybe. Maybe it's not that serious. Maybe some would say, I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Whatever it might be, any sin, bondage, or limitation, Judges chapter 6 and verse 8 calls it the house of bondage. Deuteronomy speaks about God bringing us out of the house of bondage, and that's what God wants to do with every one of us, and bring us into spiritual freedom. Isaiah 58 and verse 6 says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Now notice the language used to break habits. 
to loose the bonds of wickedness. That's a verb. That's an action. That's a power word. To undo the heavy burden. That's another power word. To let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. That's another power word. As you go through the Bible to break off sin, to repent, to leave it behind, to strip it from your life. One idea in the Bible is to take it like a cloak and remove it from your body and put on a new garment. Whenever you break any kind of sin, any kind of habits, any kind of problems in your life, it takes some undoing. It takes some breaking. And it takes some obedience. You don't break bondages that are very deep just by thinking you should. You have to go at it. You have to take it by the neck and choke it. I'm not talking about your spouse or your friend or your boss. I'm talking about the habit. You would put your hands on it. You'd break that thing off your life. A breakthrough anointing. Number three, the breaker anointing. It's upon us to break through the gates and doors God has set before. Now, every person has specific gates and doors that God puts in front of you. Those gates and doors, again, can be somewhat age distinctive, somewhat uh, personal distinctive as to what you're preparing for, what you see. And then there are gates and doors that you must pass through. What might they be? Here's a great scripture, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. See, I have set before you an open door. Well, what a great verse. I've set before you an open door. I like the translations on this verse. Listen to them. Revelation 3.8. Take notice. I have placed before you and the door has been opened. I have set before you an opportunity. A door has been opened and it will remain open. I have set before you a door open and it shall continue to be open until you are able to enter into it. This is the great translation. You will enter in sooner than you think. And when your moment of opportunity comes, your strength will not be wasted in effort to make the conditions favorable. You will enter in at once because I have opened the door. How many of you would like that scripture fulfilled in your life right now? Come on. That is a great scripture to realize God is for you. Remember the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, I think it is, where Paul says, there's a great effectual door open to me, but there are many adversaries, but nevertheless, he says, there's a great effectual door open to me, and I'm pushing on that door, I'm moving forward, because I believe that door has been opened. Later on, he says again, and a door to the Gentiles have been opened to preach to the Gentiles, and Paul realized it. He was an apostle for the season, that he could realize the door has been opened, And it's going to remain open until I get through the door. Even if there's persecution and there's a lot of things in the will of God that's happening. It took Paul 14 years on the backside of the desert just to get ready to preach to the Gentiles. We're not talking about a door being open and shut in five minutes, five months, or five years. Paul took at least 14 years, maybe another three years, 17 years, before he actually kicked himself through that door. God will hold the door open. He's not nervous. He will prepare you and make sure you can get through the door. Can I hear an amen? The door is yours. Number four. 
The breaker anointing is upon us to break open something that has been closed or shut in our life. The closed and shut could be our spirit, our heart, our relationship, something closed off, shut, locked, and we won't open that door to that relationship to a father, a mother, a spouse, a child, a person. It could be that we have shut the door for faith, for miracles, because we've been hurt with praying for miracles and they didn't happen, and then somebody close to us didn't get their healing or their miracle, so we shut off the prayer for healing. I can remember going through that myself as a young pastor when I first started going through and praying for people in my own congregation and some of those people that weren't healed. I felt my spirit shutting off to healing. I felt myself trying to get around it, not pray for people, have the other elders pray, other pastors pray. When they would come to me, I would try to just gently and and politely push them off to someone else. Why? Because I didn't have the door open for faith. For those people anymore. I had shut myself off emotionally out of disappointment. Emotionally and spiritually out of a lack of faith. And unbelief starts settling on me. And then I start questioning miracles and healing. And how does this happen? And why is it so inconsistent? And where's the formula? You never know what's going to happen. Why preach it if God doesn't come through? I mean, I started going through all of those questions until I finally got a hold of my emotion, set myself down in a time of prayer and fasting because I could feel myself slipping into the shutting off of this particular gift of healing and miracles and get my spirit right, go back to the Word and say, Frank, if you don't put yourself on the Word, you're going to weird out. You're absolutely going to lose grip on what the Bible says about healing. Healing is not about what happens to me. Healing is not about what happens to you. Just like the cross is not just about how you believe it, how you feel it. It either is a fact of the Bible or it's not a fact of the Bible. I had to come to a theological foundation to understand that healing is in the Scripture, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and there are healing gifts in the body of Christ. God works all things after the counsel of His own will. We pray, we believe, we stand our ground, and let God do the rest. And I will not be frustrated trying to figure God out or shoehorning Him in to every one of my situations so I can feel good. I just need to stand on the ground, open up my spirit again, and believe that God heals the sick. And that would go along with salvation. Pray for someone that's going to get saved. Pray, 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 pray. And then they die in their sin. You don't know if they ever called on the name of Jesus. Or if you are a person who's been taught how to relate to someone, and maybe it's in a marriage context, and you've done everything that everybody has ever written a book on about your marriage, and your spouse does not change. You love him. You serve him. You pray for him. You do everything to bring a soft-hearted, person into your home and nothing happens. The spouse gets worse and gets worse and gets worse. So what do you do? You can shut off the love and relationship there. Get frustrated with God. Never verbalize it to anybody, but just shut it off. I'm not going to love him like that anymore. I'm not going to love her like that anymore. They're just having fun with life. Don't even notice what I'm going through. So I'm not going to do this. I'm going to shut this part of my life off. Lock it up. And God comes along and says, hey, come on. You can't shut that off. If you shut it off to him or her, you might shut it off to your friends, and to your children, and your personality. And even in prayer and worship, you can't shut off one valve that doesn't affect every valve. 
There's no just choosing. I shut this off, but I keep this on. Every time you shut anything off, it affects your total being. We're not a shutting off people. We're breaking out people. Song of Solomon 4, verse 12. A garden encloses my sister, my spouse. A spring shut up. 1 John three seventeen. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and this is what the Bible says, and shuts his heart. Which tells me, 1 John three seventeen, I can. That is, I can look at World Vision on television, and I can look at all the secular and Christian shows about the poor. There's many of them. I can drive around my city. I can go up to any freeway exit almost on my way home. And I will have three, four, or five, or ten homeless people and different kinds of people holding their signs. And some of them are, are physically distraught. You can see that. Some of them you're not sure. But they're still, they have enough boldness to be out there or whatever they're doing. Maybe the money's for themselves. Maybe it's a scam. I don't know. But what I don't have the right to do is shut up my heart toward the poor. And just say, well, this organization, who knows what they're doing, and this guy, who knows where that money's going, and that poor person, well, they're everywhere. If you lived in a poor country, and they're up as you pull, as I've been in some of the countries this summer, as you pull to the stop sign, as you're going down the freeway, here are these little kids knocking on your window, holding up, Something to sell that would be worth nothing, but that's their whole life just to try to get maybe enough money to get something to eat that day, probably something for their family. And and you see them all over the street. Your first response is to just give everything you have to that kid, but there's a hundred more. So it's easy just to back up and shut, lock. Just say, you know what? I can't handle it. Therefore, I won't do anything. That's wrong. That's what 1 John 3 says is wrong. We chose a long time ago as a household to at least help one, two, or three poor people in another country. So we bought into helping a family. We helped one kid from the time he was born until he has now entered college. That's how long we've been helping that kid. South America. Have his picture, have his name. We just keep helping him. Year after year after year after year. At least. And he writes us letters and we know who he is. We've always had one, two or three. So I just won't let myself shut everybody out. I got to find at least one I can help. Maybe two. And we always give to the poor every year. And many times, I will give to the people on the street. You know why? Just to keep my heart from being a total judge of everybody. Because if I could see what got them there, I might not feel the way I feel. So I have to open my heart. Some of us need a breakthrough from being shut up in our compassion. How many of you would say, I'm convicted? Come on, how many of you would say, I should open my heart a little bit more? Number five, 
The breaker anointing is upon us to bring us into a new place of encouragement and spiritual refreshing. Isaiah 35, 6 and 7, it says, The waters shall burst forth. How many of you would like some refreshing waters of the Holy Spirit to burst forth upon you? Come on, how many would like that? All campuses, Mill Plain, 217. How many would like some refreshing rivers of the Holy Spirit just to splash into your life right now? Let me see your hands. I'll tell you exactly how you will know if you're a candidate for that. Isaiah 35, 6 and 7. For the waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Right now, just pray with me and say, Lord, let me get into a wilderness. Oh God, put me in a desert in Jesus' name. You don't have to pray for it. It's fine print at the bottom of the contract. Wildernesses will come. Desert times will happen. But the pure water of the desert without the pollutions of anything else, just those mountain streams that come into the desert are some of the purest, coldest, most delicious water, especially to those people who are so thirsty. How thirsty are you? The breakthrough in the desert. Next, the break anointing is upon us to break forth into new levels of worship that release the power of God. New levels of worship that release the power of God. I noticed this as I was going through the break forth, breakthrough word that it's used Isaiah 44, 23, break forth into singing. It's a worship scripture, break forth. Isaiah 49, 13, and break out into singing. Isaiah 52, 9, and break forth into joy. And Isaiah 54, 1, Isaiah 14, 7, Psalms 98, 4, Isaiah 55, 12, Judges 5, 12. I could go through a number of scriptures that all say the same thing. Break forth, break out, break through when it comes to worship. Real worship is not when I feel like worshiping. Real worship is when it goes beyond my feelings. And there are times you just need to break out and break through in your worship as a spiritual discipline to allow that breakthrough anointing to come on your life. Can I hear an amen? Next one. Number seven. The break anointing is upon us to break through the enemies that stand before us. Second Samuel 5, 20, 21. David defeated them and broke through the enemies at Baal Perizim. And how God can, like the breaking forth of water, break through your enemies, those things that are right in front of you. And the last one, the breaker anointing is upon us to break us out into new areas of financial and business increase activated by our giving. I didn't make that up just to get you to give more. That is what the scripture says with this breakthrough word use. In Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. And your vat shall overflow or... Break out with new increase. The implication here is no matter what the obstacles are to increase, God has said he will help you break through. He will break the circumstance, burst out. And I like what one commentary says here, burst out any type of isolating or diminishing factor that has attached itself to that which should be increasing. That is a great concept. 
that God will break any isolating or diminishing factor that has attached itself to those things that should be increasing in your business, in your world of finance, the things that should be bursting out and overflowing can have some attachments of diminishing. The culture can do that. The economy can do that. Bad decisions can do that. The devil can do that. Just attacking your fine. There's, we know that from Malachi 3, that there's, there's ways the enemy can cut holes in your bag. There's ways that he can drain. You have to come to prayer and believe God for breakthrough in your finance and business. And if there's a diminishing factor, that God would remove that and allow you to move into an overflow, not an underflow. Can I hear a big amen? 